Yeah, uh, that sucked. Um, so much for Nixon three, right? I mean, I was never one of them. To be fair, I was Nixon six from the start. Um, I'm not so sure anymore. I'm not gonna lie to you. That was tough. I think if the Knicks will win the series, if it might be a seven gamer. Um, but I don't know. Trying to stay grounded here. Um, yeah. Is it me or is anybody else? Maybe it's just me because I'm very passionate. But it's anybody else having starting to develop hatred for Cleveland and the Cavs. Like, kind of, does anybody else feel like it's kind of brewing towards, I don't want to say rivalry, but like a Hawks, like an Atlanta Hawks kind of rivalry, where I, I, I'm starting to, like, entering this series, I didn't hate the Cavs, but now I kind of, I kind of like hating them. I don't like them. They kind of, like, I, I, I they discuss, like, I don't like them, they're gross. I hate them, and... Like there's a, there's an animosity there now with with me and Cavs and Cleveland, the boring, stale, nothing city. Um, yeah, no, I feel like I'm I'm kind of starting. It's I guess when you play a team in the playoffs, you start to grow that, um, that feeling. Right, right. It starts growing on you. Um, so yeah, there's that. But let's talk about it. The Knicks lose. Oh boy, did they lose. Uh, episode 511, we'll talk about Tuesday night's loss. Here we go. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied! Time! Penetrates, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. You know, back in 2017, when the Yankees, back in 2017, the Yankees were in the American League Division Series. Um, I think it was it was Game Five, uh, the night before Game Five. Literally the night before, it was a school night for me. I had a big exam the next morning. Sorry, mom. Um, my cousin calls me up. Or he texts me. He texts me and he's like, you want to go to Cleveland? And I'm like, I think I respond, you know, something like, haha, like that's funny. Uh, and then he calls me up and he's like, yo, I, I, I want, you want to drive to Cleveland tomorrow and go to this, this Indian series, Yankees Indians game five. Uh, and I'm like, if you're being serious, you, you know I, I, I'm going to say yes. 
it's Yankees over school all day, which I guess is is the reason that I'm t- 28 years old and still going to college. But but no, so I I've been to Cleveland, Ohio, and I could say myself, um, it's a nothing city. Like it's cool that like I've experienced. Cleveland, Ohio, it was awesome going to the stadium and being a cocky asshole Yankees fan and getting the win. But yeah, I was there. The city is nothing. Like there's there's nothing there. There's like sky there's there's not even skyscrapers. There's just medium height buildings. There's there's maybe I saw a cigar shop and there was like an office and like there's just nothing. There's nobody what it's it's a the city looks Bland. I think bland is probably the best way to describe. There's nothing to eat there. We stayed at the hotel. It's so bland. And um so yeah, I just wanted to add that to um to the top of the show here for no fucking reason. Um but yeah, I'm starting to I'm starting to feel some hate for this team. Um especially after that loss. But um I was gonna say something else to that story too, but I forgot. Let's not waste further time. Um, the Knicks lose badly, 107-90 to to the Cavs. And that, that's not indicative of how the game actually went because it could have gotten way worse than that if, if um, you know, but, but garbage time happened and nobody cares about the, you know, it could have been worse. Cleveland was, was they, they obviously responded. They obviously responded. The Knicks were very physical and made that known in Game 1. Cleveland was very soft in Game 1. Cleveland started crying to the media and throwing a pity party afterwards. Even some of their reporters were. On Twitter, of course, because Twitter is where everybody cries. Um, you, you You've heard it said multiple times, when the home team loses Game 1, they make game two the toughest, most impossible game to win for the opponent. Right? Their backs are kind of up against a wall here. Don't want to go down 0-2 heading into opponent territory for two more games. Right? So, and the officials, it's also been known, they, they most likely lean on the other side in game two. Which, you, you, you kind of saw that out the gate. Tuesday night. I'm not making excuses and I'm not blaming anything on, on officials. But you noticed it. Um, but th- th- that's that's besides the point because Cleveland was far and away, in my opinion, the most intense or the more intense team, the more physical team on Tuesday. They flipped the script. And that was ultimately, in my opinion, what made this game different. Defensively, Offensively, Cleveland made their presence known with high-energy basketball. So that's that's what it was. Um, and I don't want to do no summary for this garbage. I'm not going to summarize the play-by-play, give a quick recap. I don't want to do that. Like, honestly, at the very start, the Knicks didn't look bad. Um, they were doing all of the same that they did in Game 1. They played physical. They were funneling the ball to Cleveland's poor shooters. Uh, the game began with Brunson knocking down a jumper following that Okoro turnover early on. Donovan Mitchell responds. Both offenses kind of go back and forth. 
Brunson had some moments early. He was okay to start. Knocked a few down, missed a few. Randall had it going against Mobley a little bit. Started going at him. The Knicks started doubling Donovan Mitchell, but this time Garland gets hot. The Cleveland bench checks in. They get hot. The defense for the Knicks starts looking slow. The offense begins to turn it over. And after the first quarter where the Knicks were down but still in it, that's kind of where the game began to get out of hands, really, midway through the second quarter. And the Knicks would eventually lose 107-90. So that's that's our recap. We're not going to really get into recapping the play-by-play. Um, got to crack my neck here. Um, but there, there are a lot of different directions we can go and talk about how they lost, why they lost. I, I think we'll start... Not that the defense was the biggest issue, but the Cleveland offense, they shot 42% from three. Um, And I only want to point that out because my concern was that that was one of my concerns defensively heading into the series. Um, You could see the adjustment right out the gate. It was a very rough game for Brunson. Because the Cavs went away from Okoro in this game. They wanted more shooting. And so they pivoted to Karis LeVert, who scored 24 points. They went to Garland and had Mitchell off the basketball for most of the night. Garland dropped an easy, comfortable 32 points. Casually. And Mitchell handed out 13 assists. It seems like, depending on certain lineups that we get from Bickerstaff... It seems like the Knicks might not be able to hide Jalen Brunson much at all this series. And something tells me that Bickerstaff is going to throw lineups out there where it makes it impossible for the Knicks to do that. I mean, that's literally, that's why they basically started Karis LeVert in this game. I mean, after the first few minutes, there was no more Okoro. There was no Rubio at all. So the Cavs are trying to pinpoint Brunson. They're trying to attack Brunson. They were able to attack Brunson and hunt him with Lavert added to the mix, who could do a lot of things well offensively. He could shoot, screen, dribble, cut. Um, I think if the Knicks want to counter that, they maybe have to readjust by bringing in a third defender into the action to come up and recover on all those flare screens Cleveland was setting up with Jared Allen. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day after the game. They made a solid point um, about Brunson and the defense. If Karis LeVert is out there, but Cleveland also has Danny Green out on the floor, would it be so bad to put Brunson onto Green? Danny Green played about 20 minutes in this game and you barely saw Brunson on him. And if you paid close attention to Danny Green, who is now 35 years old, maybe 36, he's older. He wasn't moving all that great off those flares. To me, for Brunson, to me it seems like Danny Green's the much easier cover. And with Lavert, I will probably throw size onto him. Maybe a Josh Hart, uh, or you know, from the first unit, 
Julius. Um, and Julius has to be better as well. I did not like his energy on Tuesday. Cleveland literally ran it the same way. There was no different way in the in how they attacked. Um, in Randall, how they attacked Randall, like they Randall showed two, and when Cleveland screened with Randall's man, they had Mobley roll. It was literally the same exact game plan, but the difference was simply that Randall didn't carry it out with the same intensity. He'd get to the trap, Garland up top, whoever, and then you know his job was finished. Fuck it, whatever happens, happens. So I feel like he needs to come back with a stronger effort in Game 3 tomorrow night. I'm recording this on... on it's a few days later. I'm recording this on April 20th, uh, Thursday night. But, yeah, that's that's all I really want to dive into on the defensive side because, again, the offense is what concerns me right now. Cleveland had just 97 points in Game 1. And then they had, on, on, on Tuesday night, Game 2, 107 points. That's not much. Even through three quarters, before garbage time, they had only 82 points. And at halftime, they had 59 points. So it was nothing absurd. Meaningful action, garbage time. The defensive side of the ball was never the main issue for the Knicks. I am concerned a little bit about the Nick offense doing enough against a tough Cleveland defense. They scored 101 points in Game 1 on just 42% shooting, 28% three-pointers. They scored just 90 points in Game 2 on 37% field goals, 24% on three-pointers. I did not love what I saw from Jalen Brunson on that end either. Right out of the gate, just... I wouldn't say right out of the gate, but... In the first quarter, it started looking bad. Um, Selfish. Started looking a bit selfish. He didn't look to his teammates unless he had no shot to take. Uh, And sometimes he'd still take that shot with a pretty senseless step-back triple. Like I've said all year, and I've made this known too much, but if you are feeling it, and you want to go ISO at the end of games, sure. Fuck it. But right in the opening half of the first quarter, no. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you should do that when you have a deep team. Um, It was just a lot of isolation on the strong side with fucking all of Cleveland's defense helping. It just did not make sense to do with we were, to do what we were doing there with Brunson. You had Cleveland throwing aggressive traps, hard hedges, double teams, loading up from the weak side, and Brunson was just not reacting uh, quickly enough. You got to make that read. Recognize the help, throw the entry pass to the high post, swing it on the perimeter, but don't dribble into nothingness or step back and chuck. You got to be quick. To make the read. And it wasn't just Brunson. There was just. There was way too much hesitance. From the other guys on the floor. A lot of slow decision making. From the Nick offense. Slow to move the ball. Or make a read. Slow to find the weak side. And that right there is. On Brunson. And also quickly. 
But even when they did make the initial pass out of the trap, that all-important second pass out of the action was either too slow or didn't get them anywhere. When Cleveland doesn't switch, and when they decide to put two on the ball instead and blitz on the pick and roll, and you're, you're still slow with it, you're not reacting, that's a problem. Man, you've got to be quick. Find Randall on the pinch post. Maybe set up a set a post up on the strong side and then swing it. But to to counter by over dribbling and not moving much off the basketball, it's not going to beat that Cleveland defense. It's too tough of a defense to just rely on ISO with. That was what I said for so long during the regular season been saying it so Brunson was just awful he couldn't respond you know Cleveland showing hard with the help shit they were pressing pressing him at 94 feet he just he could not find an answer Uh, quickly has been terrible he's lost right now and I have no idea that I have faith in him anymore it's not just that he's missing every shot I couldn't care less about the garbage time stats either that make him that make his night look better 12 points on 4 of 8 that was all meaningless fourth quarter action but it's the fact that he's not getting anywhere off the dribble that concerns me the dribble penetration for Manuel quickly just isn't there and that's how he scores he dribbles around this is a guy you're used to seeing get into the lanes getting to his spots and creating offense in that way but both games, you're seeing the exact opposite of that. The Cavs are sealing off the gaps, forcing a lot of one-on-one, and a hell of a lot of turnovers that way. It's like it's it's like, yeah, the Knicks the Knicks brought the screener into the action, but Cleveland put two on the ball, and they prevented quickly from getting downhill. The Knicks had no penetration when they reacted. I think quickly had three turnovers in the first quarter on Saturday because he kept forcing those weak side passes. And in this game, out of those traps, he had some awful, immediate turnovers out of the double team. The Knicks had 17 turnovers, maybe more, but 14 of them came in the first half on Tuesday. Just finding different ways to keep turning it over. Messy, chaotic, disorganized. The ball was flying everywhere off of everything. You had your bigs trying to find cutters. But those cutters were expecting handoffs and that led to some miscommunication and turnovers. Relying on, on Julius and Jalen. Julian, J- Julius and Jalen, it's just not going to be the way. I, I think maybe in order for the Knicks to be more efficient offensively, you got to try giving Brunson more off-ball reps on the other side of the half court. And quickly, more time running the offense on the strong side. This maybe helps Brunson able to, you know, be able to attack more on the other side. But yeah, quickly sucked. Brunson sucked. The Nick backcourt couldn't do anything on Garland, even when they targeted him. His defense was very good. Surprisingly, uh, I, I thought Donovan Mitchell's defense was better. Um, Julius Randle, even him, I'm not liking what I'm seeing offensively. Why, why, 
why are we getting ISOs onto Mobley? That's not a favorable matchup at all, right? That's that's you're creating disadvantages. Randall needs to attack the mismatch. Mobley's not a mismatch. He's got the wingspan. He's an excellent defender. Um, he tried attacking down low, and and every time Cleveland would just they just wouldn't let it happen. I mean, Randall was five of eleven inside the paint. That's forty six percent. That's bad. The, the Knicks got a screen for him. He's got a screen for himself, but they got to find ways to get Randall going again because he's seven games into his postseason career and he's a 31% shooter from the floor. That is so bad. Maybe it's like 32 or 33. He, he, he's, come on. He's all, that's from the field. And, he, and he's turning it over five times a game. They're not going anywhere unless their top guns are on, and none of them are. RJ's been bad. Do you need to say anything more? He's unplayable right now. He does not deserve minutes, let alone 30 minutes. But I get it. Nobody's playing well. You have to go with what got you there, I guess. But he couldn't do anything. There's no matchup right now that's favorable for RJ. Not Garland. Not Mitchell. He can't do anything on anybody. He can't make a basket. He can't make baskets. Mitchell Robinson, the offensive limitations are starting to hurt us. Eight total points in two games. Would be nice to get something. You know, If you're seeing Thibodeau trust Hartenstein's offense more than he does Robinson's defense, says something about Mitch's offense. Grimes. He's back to being irrelevant out there. By the way, we're, we're running through this. We're not going to bullshit around. This is going to be a quick one. Uh, but yeah, he Quentin Grimes has six shots across two games. You got to find a way to get him touches in the offense. The Cavs are doing an excellent job defending him, and they're doing great overall forcing the Knicks off the three-point line because they know they're capable of shrinking the floor with the Twin Towers down there in the back line. And in the paint, the Knicks weren't much better than the 24% outside the arc. They were 44% from two, and they were only 50% inside the paint specifically. That's not good. So, yeah, as I've said, I worry about the sustainability of this offense in the regular season for a reason. There's not enough ball movement, not enough body movement. The Knicks play slow in the half court. The ball sticks. They're a poor three-point shooting team. When you play slower like that, you won't shoot well. It doesn't help. The spacing, I think, is very poor uh, when both RJ and Josh Hart share the floor together because defenses know they're both not three-point snipers. Now, Josh Hart can knock down a three, but he he's very hesitant to take them. He doesn't take them at a high volume. So the defense knows how to scheme that. And then it's just they don't have that many creators. So if, if, if all of Quickly, Brunson, and Randall, your three-shot creators, are going to be off, if they're not creating offense for you, you're not winning this series, man. I'm sorry. I've never seen it before where every play, it's not every player, but where, where you know, 70% of your rotation is just cold, dead cold. So you got to credit the Cleveland defense, and that's why it concerns me. Their depth is just not cutting it. And that was the story of game one. Their depth was great. But even in game one, guys weren't playing well. Like if the Knicks would have just lost on Tuesday, 
you know, lost by a few points, even lost by 10 points or something like that, but it was a good game most of the way. I'm feeling good heading into tomorrow night. You split on the road, go get two at MSG. Go go split at MSG, you know? But it's not the fact that they lost. They got blasted, beaten, bitched, and bullied. That's what concerns me. Two straight games where you can't even say the Knicks looked great. Because they didn't look great in game one, and they looked terrible in game two. The guard play right now is what specifically looks awful. The defense has been there, but will they provide enough offense? I told you, man, I did not like the over-reliance on ISO in the regular season. I don't know if Brunson is going to have that same magic if Cleveland retains that same aggressive blitz at the top. I mean, they came right at him. They forced his ass into tough looks and bad passes, and they threw him into traffic. Same shit with Quickly. I think the Cavs may have found something there. I do. They made it so incredibly difficult for Brunson to find pockets, to find space. So I, I the only way the Knicks just got if they if the Cavs are going to shut down the Knicks offense, the Knicks got to get muddy on defense. That if there's one thing I want, there's going to be a hot take. I would like the Knicks to answer back by playing dirty. Fuck it, I I want physical, but I want dirty. I want the Knicks to offend people out there. I want you listening right now, watching right now, to be like, what did he just say? I want them shocking people, appalling, dropping jaws. Physically. Literally. Randall needs to respond to that Jared Allen flagrant foul. If they can do it, why can't we? Muddy up. Get dirty. Fuck it. Play hard. Go for the throat. Go for the kill. Play like the 90s Knicks. Offend people. Throw in, throw in Evan Fournier for a possession and have him pick up the flagrant too. If you could find a spot for it early in the game, give me one reason not to. Um, And yet, you know, keeping Randall in for that to happen was very inexcusable. Tibbs had a tough night on Tuesday. I'm not going to lie to you. There was no reason for that. You gained nothing from having Randall on the floor. Cleveland already, Cleveland already emptied their bench. So, that was bad. But Cleveland had a... The, excuse me. But, um, not Cleveland. Tibbs had a tough night. The rotation was bad. The minutes distribution annoyed me. Why is Obi Toppin getting sat down after knocking down a three early in the first? Why is Emmanuel quickly playing seven minutes in the first half and then not checking back into the game until it's over with three minutes and change left in the third quarter? They're down 20 points. It comes in. Why is Grimes not getting looks in a series where you're struggling to find the bottom of the net? I thought despite the defense not being terrible, Garland was a little too comfortable out there. I feel like the Knicks should have done a better job putting ball pressure on them. I think you got to pick Garland up earlier. But, yeah, I just didn't like how, how Tibbs stuck with the same old reliable rotation. It didn't work. Got to make adjustments. Um... But I'm not going to blame this on him. I think this is more on the players having to execute. And But I, I, he doesn't walk away from this blameless either because there was the, the Knicks didn't readjust to the Cavs making adjustments. So that's all I have. We're going to head to break, get back, wrap it up with our trivia, and that'll be that.
Keep this one under 30 minutes if we can. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. All right, welcome back to the show. Episode 511 of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to BD4. I'm your host, RJ. Let's wrap it up with our trivia question, and that'll be that. All right, so for this episode, episode 511 of the podcast, our NYYNYK MMA trivia question of the day is, what year was it the first time the Knicks met the Cavs in a playoff round, and who won the series? What year was it the first time the Knicks met the Cavs in a playoff round, and who won the series? All right, so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out. If you don't get it correct, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I'll let you know what the answer is in the next show. So one final time, our trivia question for Episode 511. What year was it the first time the Knicks met the Cavs in a playoff round, and who won the series? Who won the series? All right, and that's it. Knicks with a tough, tough loss. A little concerning, but I'm not completely hopeless yet. Um, Two important games at home. Let's start with Friday night, tomorrow night, and let's take that game. This is why series are tough, man. The momentum, like Breen was saying, Breen said it in game one. The momentum changes after every single game. You could feel at the ultimate high, have the ultimate euphoria after one game, and then... The very next game, you could you could be at your your very lowest. It's nuts. That's why you have to have yeah you have to have mental fortitude. You have to be mentally tough to survive a playoff series in the NBA. It's it's that's why I love that's why people love playoff ball in sports, man. Because because of how quickly shit changes. 
we like drama we like high stakes it's it's natural as sports fans as humans um that's it thank you and i'll see you in game three god they gotta bounce back and win because if they uh jeez let's win fuck cleveland this episode was brought to you by anchor oh wait 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 yeah we are not doing uh game ball awards for losses in the playoffs we do not do that in the play in the regular season we'll give you a game ball after every game we're not giving out bing bong game balls in playoff losses that's a complete no Nobody gets an award for losing. We're not doing that shit in the playoffs. All right, that's it. I'll see you again. Uh, No, I'll see you in episode 512. If I can get a Yankees episode on the latest series, I will. Um, But we'll see. Because I've been busy. I might have to skip that one. But I'll see you in 512, whatever it is. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.